it took me years to get to that point where no that's my price mm, yeah if i adjust it for you then i have to adjust it for everybody and then we get into a sticky situation but before that there was that not enoughness to where i would feel guilt when someone would tell me it was too much or someone would comment on it and then i would go and adjust it for them for me that wasn't healthy especially as i went further along yeah i get that and i don't know if this is how it feels to you but it sounds a little bit like the victim rescuer paradigm hello beautiful souls you are going to love today's episode if you want your story to sound like so many of the guests on this show then you've probably realized that healing your relationship with money is a key piece of the puzzle don't worry i've got you head to moneywoundquiz.com and answer six quick questions to learn which money wounds are blocking you. And I'll send you an email with a link to a money healing masterclass for free. No more waiting. Go take the quiz now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. I am just in such a good mood. I feel like I'm in the middle of a quantum leap and it feels so good. And what's actually really cool is that although I'm still in the middle of it, I feel like I'm also receiving the masculine structure and steps to actually reverse engineer or choose to orchestrate your own quantum leap. And so I'm taking notes and diligently documenting this process so that I can take clients through it on my luxury fall rise retreat. So if you are interested in a quantum leap in your life and business, if you want to spend time with other like-minded women entrepreneurs, if you want to be in a beautiful, inspiring location, feel like you're in the lap of luxury and leave days later feeling like a new and upgraded version of yourself, I invite you to grab one of the last spots available. We'll make sure that the link for that is in the show notes. I have an amazing interview for you all today. You're going to love it so much. I am joined by Raven O'Neill. And Raven's a multifaceted entrepreneur, mentor, advocate. She intertwines her business journey and experiences with personal growth. She is so fascinating. She's worked with over 500 female-led startups, guided more than 200 founders, helped facilitate more than $100 million in funding. And she empowers women through collaborative partnerships and combining spiritual tools like astrology, tarot, NLP with solid business foundations and strategies. Y'all know I love playing at that intersection of spirituality and strategy. So it's a really fun conversation. I think you'll find it refreshingly honest and transparent. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello. Welcome back to the M Makes Money show. I am joined by the fabulous Raven O'Neill. Raven, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too, because I can't wait to learn more about your story. You and I were introduced through a mutual connection in our network. And normally I don't do a whole lot of internet stalking, but I clicked on your website. And as soon as I did, I was like, okay, I love her already because it was just so obvious that you were combining like the woo and the spiritual with very solid business skills and business strategy. And that is like my favorite intersection to play in as well. But I find that especially for my clients, 
most, they're all woo. They're all spiritual, but they're usually in the spiritual closet or it's just a very compartmentalized way of doing things because it's like, I run a blank agency and that's just a very traditional business space. And then the way that I do my personal development or my professional development is sitting over here more in the space of hypnosis, meditation, identity work, oracle decks, and all that kind of thing. And I love that you were brave enough to just come out of the woo closet and just put it all out there. And I would be so curious to know, was that the thing? Was there a part of you that was afraid to do that? Or did you just always feel like, nope, I'm just going to live out loud and I'm going to attract the right people? I actually love that you asked this question because I just had a dark moon awakening group last night and my dark moon actually sits in communication and authentic self in the ninth house of higher education, higher learning, intuition, and all of that. And it's so funny because this was a more recent thing. I would say within, since last year, at about October, November of last year, I was like, I don't know why the two have to exist so separate. And they did because in business, I worked with a lot of people that it's just very much business is business and everything outside of that keeps separate. And so they weren't at an intersection. And then last October, I was like, why do I fight that so much? It's so much of who I am and who I want my clients to be and how I want to connect with people. So why am I like keeping it in the closet? Oh my gosh. So it hasn't even <laughs> been a year yet. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And it's a perfect example of how when we are in our authenticity, it's actually so magnetizing to the right people. I feel like if I had gone to your website and it was just boring, whatever, cookie cutter template, business coach, I probably wouldn't have invited you on the podcast. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, her website looks like an Oracle deck. This is so rad. I love it so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I leaned into it and it's been really good. And it doesn't feel as push. There's not as much push. Yeah. And you work with a lot of founders. If I understand correctly, many of them are going through fundraising and kind of that that route of growing the business, bringing on investors and that sort of thing. Is that correct? It doesn't have to be, but because I have that background and a, a lot of women in startup get stuck in that place, I do play in that space. So I tend to get those clients because of the background. Okay. But I'm I'm open to any female founder, women-led business that just really wants to take it to that next level. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious to talk a little bit more about the startup and, and capital raising space because while I've not done it myself, I've had agency clients who are participating in that and gone to pitch events to support clients, things like that. And my perception is that space is still operating in such an old paradigm way of doing business that it's just and the crazy thing is that like one of my mentors is an angel investor and when i talk to him he doesn't use these words but essentially what he's saying is at the end of the day it's energetics like He's looked, the reason that we invest in people, it almost always is the founder and whether we like the person and believe in them. It's not usually just the business plan or the numbers. And then I have women that I've talked to that are like, oh, I'm in the middle of a fundraiser and it's like the hardest thing in the world. And 
of course, like everything comes up, like our fears of rejection, visibility, are we good enough, worthiness, all of these things. And yet no one seemingly talks about that. Would you agree that space just ignores all of the underlying energetics of business? Yes. And it gets, it's fascinating because you said angel investor and angel investors absolutely in that realm, in that space, we say that they bet on the rider, not the horse. They are literally betting on the founder. And there's usually, especially with female uh, investors, there's an emotional tie, there's an emotional pull. But as when you raise, usually you're not just going to raise that first round. You're going to continue to raise to continue to grow. And as you go down the line, it becomes less about the founder. Like you get into VC funding and larger amounts of money and they are really looking at the business and the numbers and can you get there and all the things. But yes, initially that first couple raises and stuff in the beginning will be on the emotional side. No, nobody talks about the energetics of money. Nobody talks about the emotional side. I do feel like women are getting better at talking about it. You get a lot of angel investors that are like, yeah, I bet on the founder. Mm -hmm. You have to have the solid business and you have to make me believe that you're going to go there. Yeah. But it's really on the founder. I love that. So what is your background? My background, (laughs) the evolution of the background is actually I started out in marketing out of college and worked in marketing for a very long time. And then at one point, like we do, I went and had children. And when I had children, I was still in that corporate marketing background. And I just felt like there was you have to call out sick and you have to do these things. Your kids get sick and what are you going to do? And it just started, You could, I could feel the energy of it being looked down on. I could feel it. Like people were mad that I wasn't there. I had to use all of my vacation time as sick time when my kids were sick. And it was just too much of a struggle. So I was like, I'm going to start out a marketing agency. I'm just going to do it that way. And then I started taking on marketing clients. And then I actually got an idea for a startup. And so I went through a business incubator accelerator and did the whole have to come up with a business plan, have to dive deep into financials, have to look at every single business fundamental and not just like a, ooh, let's just look at this. No, you have to flesh it out and do the thing. And went through that, spent a couple of years in that. I actually pitched to investors. I went through that whole process. Sadly, it didn't get off the ground. I'm not sure that I was the, actually, shouldn't even say I'm not sure. I'm not the right person to hear no that many times. It emotionally just yeah. drug me down. And then I moved on from that. And then I led a business accelerator for many years and helped other women do exactly what I had done. And so now here I am consulting on that side. How the heck did you go from trying to raise money yourself, not having it go super successfully to leading a business incubator? I feel like I would be like, oh, who am I? I can't do that. I don't have the credentials. Yeah, it's a little different. I understand the business fundamentals deeply. I understand how to launch, fund, create a business. I just like I struggle. I struggle with sales too, because I am the person when someone says no, it is like a no. I'm like, oh, I don't want to push any further. You get people that are like, oh, a no is just a no, not right now. But no for me is I'm probably not going to circle back because that was really hard to take. And so the fundraising part was it was the only part of my struggle got it in that journey and it's a big part of the struggle and the hard thing was is i was attempting to build a very feminine centric business and most of the investors i was meeting were men yeah i had several women actually say i would invest if you had a 
more at the start from someone else. I'm great for series A and series B, but your pre-seed and all of that needs to be done. And met a lot of men that were, no, here, I'll give you real quick. It's a lot of fun. It was called Lady Lube and it was a female owned and operated oil chain shop. Oh, <laughs> I love that. But I got I a bet, lot. Of I thought you were going to go the, uh, the other <laughs> route. <laughs> That's the fun of it. That was so fun. But I, I got a lot of pushback. I met a lot of male investors that are like, there's not a market for that, or I don't get it. Why would women care? And it's just because yeah. their wives go to get their oil change and they gripe about it, but they don't realize how terrible it is to be a woman to go get an oil change. Yeah. And I think you're speaking to something that's extremely problematic in the fundraising space, which is that last I heard, I think it was only like 4% of funds were going to women-owned businesses. And it's like actually worse than it was 50 years ago. Like we're not going in the right direction. What's up with that? Yeah. For lack of better words, a large portion of investment is ran by these old cis white gender male men. And if they don't get it and they don't connect, they're not going to invest. And they're still leading the way. Yes, we're making steps. We have so many women coming into the space. They're also putting down money. They're writing checks, but it's still slow. And so it's like, it's just way slower than it needs to be. But we, I, I think about being risk averse. And I actually think that's not true. I think it's just in general learning before you do, right? As women, we might not just jump in and write a check. We, we want to know all the things. It's just like anything else I do. I want to know all the things before I do it. And that process is still slow to get there. Yeah, totally. And my thought to you is that just from an energetic perspective, we like the people the best that have a characteristic or a quality that we also like about ourselves. So the more that we can see of ourselves and another person in a way that makes us feel good, makes us want to champion them. And so such a beautiful point, like seriously, because when you think about it, that's definitely the missing piece when women are pitching to men over and over again as that connection, right? We have that better connection with women. And even in the past, speaking to some women that we tried to get on board to invest in these angel groups, they were like, oh no, my husband does that. And I spend my money on philanthropy. And it was just, again, it's mm -hmm. that's energetic for them, right? They're deeply connected to these philanthropic groups yeah. and what the work they're doing. And so they want their money to be used for good there. And they're mm -hmm. just... They haven't stepped into seeing the bigger picture of helping support women in business, but it is it, they have that energetic tie. And if you could only find that energetic tie to the women and startup and their businesses, that's so fascinating. And to me, it, it just speaks to still some internalized patriarchy as well, because someone said to me recently, when we were growing up, like all the magazines you'd look at when the checkout line at the grocery store talked about men and how to invest. And for the women, it was like how to clip coupons. It's like interesting that even women who have a high net worth feel far more comfortable playing in the realm of giving it away, which is so wonderful. Of course, we want philanthropy, but they feel like, oh, no, I'm not the one who handles the investments. And it's OK, but why? And that why has so much conditioning. There's so much undoing to happen there. And that's something certainly I work with a lot of my clients on is they have some deep-seated trust issues with themselves around money. 
and they're afraid that they're going to make mistakes with it or they have made mistakes in the past. And so they're using that as a reason why, a reason to believe that they're not capable and, and just all of those things. Talk to me a little bit about your journey with money. Did you go through any like worthiness issues when you started your own business? Was it scary to charge? Like, how was that for you? I'm still working on it myself. I am a work in progress just like everyone else. Absolutely. Especially back, I look back at the beginning in the marketing agency. And like when you were first starting out, if this is your first time ever venturing out into entrepreneurship and charging, it is the hardest thing because you will do the research on what other people are making you do all these, you do all this research and try and figure out what it is. And then you go out and probably the first answer is, oh, that's too expensive. And then you're like, oh, I missed the mark. And then you'll go back and you'll adjust things. And sadly, like going back, it hurts because then it hurts to get back up. You have all these issues. I don't know about anyone else, but I had these issues with year over year. Like you should be raising your prices, but my clients didn't want me to do that. So I didn't do it. And I didn't even realize that maybe they weren't the right clients for me if that's the way it was feeling. Or maybe I needed to do some serious work to be like, no, this is what I charge and we're going to raise it every year. And if that's a problem, then you aren't the right client. But I'm still a work in progress too. It's, yeah. Do you look back on what you were charging with some of those first marketing clients and just like giggle at the price and like what the scope of work was. Cause I know I do that with my agency. <laughs> you giggle, you cringe, and then you giggle. There's always a cringe to like, yeah. oh, yeah. And that, yeah. And you can absolutely laugh at it. I even, I still laugh at it like other things related to my prices today. It is, it should be a work in progress. I worry that if it's not, that there might be something else wrong. Hmm. Anytime my clients are getting hung up around pricing, I'm like, guess what? It can change and it will change. Like no matter what, whatever price you set today, I promise it's not going to be just like that until the end of time. It's not tattooed on your body and it can go up or down. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes we have this idea that once we've set a price, then it can only go up. And it's like, actually, that's not even true. We are in the driver's seat here. You can run a sale. You can change the way that you do things. Everything is still available. So just pick a price and go. Yeah. Talk to me about what were some of the limiting beliefs that you had about money? Maybe they were in the subconscious. And then at one point during this fun journey of entrepreneurship, all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. Yeah, that's got to change. That's a problem. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, again, I'm still working on it every day. I look at a lot of, I'm sure you talk about it on here all the time, but you start to look back on your, like your childhood and some of the things you heard and what might have gotten into your subconscious that now had you thinking that way. I've absolutely been doing that work. I continue to do that work. I don't care how many times I have to do it in hypnosis and all the other ways. It's deep in there. Yeah. So I think that I kept hitting a wall, like I kept just hitting a wall and I'm like, something's not right. Something's not there. And so then I started to work on it. And then, of course, I did the research. Human design, I'm a 5-1. I'm that uh, investigator. I'm going to go do all the research. And it just opened up a bunch of stuff. It's so funny. I do this just for shits and giggles for everyone out there listening. I do this money hypnosis at least once a week, if not more. 
And it's so funny because they take you through a garden and the garden is your money. And off in the corner is this terrible piece of garden and you have to deal with it. And that's the money issue, right? <laughs> the very first time I did it, it was like, choose your tool to dig up this garden. And in my head, I had a bulldozer. Like that's, <laughs> I had a bulldozer that dug up these money issues, turned it around into and put it in a bonfire. The hypnotist hadn't even gotten into what you were going to do with the stuff. Because later in the hypnosis, he's now choose how you're going to recycle or how you're going to compost. <laughs> and here I was like setting it on fire on the other side. So there's definitely some issues and I'm still working through it daily. I don't know that it'll ever go away. Yeah. I get that too. I think it's a both and. I really feel like there is permanent healing and there are things where there can be a shift and it's, I'm never going back to that or that way. And I also believe in the spiral staircase where it's as we ascend, we do come back around often to a similar theme, but we're now at a new perspective, right? We're higher up. We're looking at it in a slightly different way. It feels slightly different in our body. And I'm stealing that. The spiral. Okay. I love it. That's it's such a great visual. Yeah. So what are some of the places where money still feels a little sticky? Yeah, I think it's just it goes back to the not enoughness. Yeah, it's weird. I think it manifests in guilt. This is a learning process, I think, for founders. And it's very personal for everybody and their own decisions. But when you get that pushback of, oh, you're charging too much or I can't afford this or anything like that, you feel guilty that you did it and you might adjust it to meet that person's needs. And maybe that's not the right path. I look at it now. It took me a very long time to get to the point where it's, no, that's my price. If you are truly in need of financial support, I worked with the SBA forever. We can go back to the SBA rubric and figure out where you fall. And I can come up with a discount to meet your needs if you are truly like underserved. But like it took me years to get to that point where, no, that's my price. Mm, yeah. If I adjust it for you, then I have to adjust it for everybody. And then we get into the sticky situation. But before that, there was that not enoughness to where I would feel guilt when someone would tell me it was too much or someone would comment on it. And then I would go and adjust it for them. Mm, yeah. That wasn't, for me, that wasn't healthy, especially as I went further along. Yeah, I get that. And I don't know if this is how it feels to you, but it sounds a little bit like the victim rescuer paradigm. Yep. Oh, let me swoop in and rescue you. And thinking that we're doing something good when actually anytime we're the rescuer, it means the other person's the victim. And it's, wait a second. We don't want to be seeing our clients or our potential clients as like these helpless little victims that need mom to swoop in and save the day. That's actually not in their highest good either. So maybe they need this trigger. They need to walk through their own money story to get to a place where either they invest or don't invest, but seeing them in their power as someone capable of navigating it yeah, is actually so much more beneficial. It's just hard for our little inner rescuer. <laughs> I don't know what you said that actually brought up a thought to add to it too, is back in the day for the longest time when I was pricing, which I think a lot of founders go through this, is you start to say, would I pay that? I wouldn't pay that. So I wouldn't pay that. So I can't charge that much. And that's also a limiting belief you have to work on. I still work on it, but you, you really do have to work on it. And you get to that point where you see something and you're like, I would absolutely pay that money for that. And then you, it's like this check and balance with it. It's so true. It really does help build our belief. Yeah. 
And it's not that we can't charge something that we haven't paid, but it certainly helps if we feel resonant with it. Oh, I've invested that amount so many times and it's always been such a good investment and I felt really good about it. We're naturally going to feel it's going to feel easier to saying that price out loud and sharing it than if we feel wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the money hypnosis. What are some other personal or or spiritual development tools that you like? I journal daily. I have a gratitude journal that I write in every morning. I leave the, the top four or things I'm grateful for. The fifth one is something I want to bring in related to those. So I do that. I can RTT, which is also a form of hypnosis, but I like a sleep hypnosis too. Gosh, what else? Uh, EFT, I do a little bit, although mm-hmm. that's the one that falls off when I'm too busy, which is really sad. I am open to any of the tools. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I'm like, all that. the tools, if it's going to, I'll try anything once, give it to me. <laughs> Absolutely. And how do some of your favorite tools make your way into your business coaching with clients? Yeah, one of them that I'm working on the credentials for, mm-hmm. and it was, here comes an issue with money. We I should get your thoughts on this issue as it comes out. So as I was going through, ooh, there's definitely a block there of not enoughness, and I'm having some struggles. And this was, again, closer to the beginning of the year, end of last year. I was just like, I need some help. So I had started looking at options, and I really like RTT and hypnosis. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could look into being certified. And Marissa Peer charges $10,000. I think it's now more than that. And she only does it so often and all of this. I was like, oh, I need something to work on myself right now that works daily. And so I had stumbled upon NLP, which is also in that alignment. And this one just happened to be, if you go through the course yourself and you actually do the work, you can become certified. And Mm -hmm. so I'm still going through that now. So I definitely bring that in. We can look at your astrology and your human design because that definitely makes up part of how you do things and if you're not in alignment, again, you're going to feel like, ooh, that's not working. That doesn't feel right. And you might not know why. And it's probably in your human design or, or astrological chart. We can look at your tarot cards. We can dive into Akashic records, spend a little bit of time there, probably not as much as I would like also. So really just getting to know the founder that I'm working with and really what, where do you want the support? I get some that are like, absolutely not. I just really want to focus on the fundamentals. Great. Let's do that. But ideally, they want to work a little bit on themselves, too, because you are going to get to that point. I feel like no matter what, in entrepreneurship, whatever is there is going to bubble up and you're going to have to deal with it. 100%. Yeah, we're always, look, universe always says yes. So who says no? We do. <laughs> yeah. We're the ones who say no. We're the ones who put limits on things. And when you realize that, then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it does make sense to do the inner work not just to make myself a better person, but it's actually a good business strategy. Yeah. And just for anyone listening who doesn't know all of these acronyms, RTT is Rapid Transformational Therapy. Correct. Yeah. So it's, as Raven mentioned, it's a spinoff of hypnosis. And NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. Correct. You got Yay. it. <laughs> Do you use those too? I actually just had an RTT session for the first time two days ago. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Because you, you do hypnosis, right? So I have a certification in hypnotherapy. I don't do a ton of it, 
But what I will do is like occasionally for certain programs, like in my money wound medicine, I have a hypnosis audio for each of the money wounds that helps support in the permanent healing. So I do a little bit of that, but I've never done like a live hypnosis session and probably never will. But I enjoy having the tracks for myself and making that available for clients because at the end of the day, if we're not working with the subconscious mind, then it's going to be really difficult to quantum leap the way that we want to and really see the results that we want to because our conscious mind is not the one in control. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. And I'm happy you did RTT. I actually really like it. Yeah. So I know I was curious when you said it, are you, do you work with a practitioner? I don't think you can ever do it on your own, right? You have to work with someone. You have to work with a practitioner. So I started out doing Marissa Pierce. So if you don't want to spend a ton of money initially to have a private session, you can actually pay to download hers. They come with, there's several of them, different categories. But they're ones where you get the whole thing, love, whatever you're... Oh, okay. She works on all of them. I guess it by just looking at what she offers, I imagine that a lot of her clients come in and are having problems with relationships. The second probably being abundance and money because she has a fair amount of stuff on that. So you can go in, pay the money, download it. It'll come with workbooks and all the stuff to work through and then also the hypnosis that comes with it. So do you still float back to your own memories yes. in that part? And then I guess it's just a more of a templatized way of moving exactly. through that memory. Okay. Exactly. And, and then after that, I have a gal in Florida that I've done a couple sessions with. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone listening, you're getting behind the scenes and like how we nerd out on <laughs> <laughs> spiritual tools and personal development stuff, but... I really feel that once you understand what the game of life actually is and what some of the rules of the game are, it becomes less interesting to just focus on business strategy. And for me, it's like going to Egypt is a business strategy. Not because I'm doing anything that seems very linearly related to my business while I'm there, but because I'm following my intuition and my guidance and I know that something is there for me and that it's going to unlock some new identity pieces that then I bring forward and help me as the embodiment of being the money healer and the business mentor that my clients are hiring me for. But I could never say that to like an old paradigm business person. What's your business strategy? How are you going to grow your business this year? I'm going to go to Egypt. I'm going to do some (laughs) goddessy shit at the temples. (laughs) (laughs) I love it though. Good for you. Like, yeah, into that. Like if it calls to, and I like to say this, like from a spiritual standpoint for, especially for your listeners that are wondering if it keeps coming back to, you have that intuition and you're like, nope. Put that yeah. to the side. Nope. And then it's back in your space and it's back in your space. Pay attention. It's calling. So true. So true. In fact, I just talked about this in the last episode where I was talking about like four steps to trusting your intuition. And one of the steps was getting the confirmations. And that's always how my guidance works is like if something keeps coming up and all of a sudden, and that's what happened with the RTT never heard of it, didn't know it existed. 
it got brought up in a business networking group that I'm a part of. And I felt I'm a sacral authority in human design. So I like felt the sacral yes. And I was like, oh, okay, paying attention now. Then while I was in Egypt, I met someone and she was on the same retreat with me. We're like, what do, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, she does RTT. I'm like, okay, bath it for two. And then it came up a third time as well where I'm like, holy smokes, like how am I meeting all of these like RTT practitioners and whatever, but I knew that it was for me and I was meant to do it. So I did. Oh, I like, love that. Yeah. The, the markers too. Funny story. I love to set markers just like when it's confirmed, show me the sign. And mm -hmm. this year, I don't know why I chose snakes. So I've been seeing a lot of snakes. I like, oh. regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are symbolism. Some of them are like snake symbols, but I also see right. a lot of snakes out in nature. Right. Oh, that's I hilarious. Bring that upon myself. <laughs> Next time, you're going to be like, universe, show me a fluffy bunny. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's something that creeps me out less. Yeah. <laughs> but snake medicine is really great. Isn't it? But I also personally would prefer to not see live snakes. <laughs> Maybe that will change over time, but for now. <laughs> okay. So as we're starting to wrap the conversation, I would love to hear, like, where are you at with your business now financially? And how does that feel? Yeah. In true full transparency, it's not working. And I'm trying to figure out what is. And doesn't feel good, obviously, but it's also a level of trust. I trust mm -hmm. that something just needs to shift and I have to figure out what that is. And you're probably not going to broadcast this today, but today is a 7-7 portal. Maybe I yeah. get that answer today. <gasps> so true. I know it's my nephew's birthday, so I was like oh. sending money this morning. Like how cool is that that your birthday is 7-7? <laughs> yeah, lucky. Okay, first of all, so honor your vulnerability and transparency because you and I both have the honor of having many private and behind the scenes conversations with business owners. And I would say that many of them, most of them feel like they're not where they want to be financially. And yet it can feel really hard for us to say that out loud and say it publicly because we make it mean something about us or our business or whether or not someone should hire us and all of these different things. And just thank you because one of the reasons I do this show is so that we can all remember that money is a work in progress. It's a lifelong relationship. Things can change tomorrow. How we feel about our bank account is not even necessarily rooted in fact or numbers on a screen. And that it's okay. doesn't mean anything about us, truly. So thank you for sharing that. And yes, maybe you'll get your answers today. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's a work in progress for those listening. Seriously, I just, I decided to launch again in October of last year. I took till what, March to get it all together. And then, and now I'm still working on it. But even then, I have a background in marketing. I'll admit my stuff looks really good. Yes, but I'm also not going to say that because it looks really good, I'm making a ton of money. I'm still working on all of that. And it's really hard because a lot of stuff online too will distract you. It will say, they'll say, I made six figures this month by doing this and sign up for my $10,000 program. And 
then gets that intuition to, again too. Does that feel right to you to spend that money on that? If it does, then go with it. If it doesn't, know that person might be struggling and saying that. It's so, so hard. <laughs> 1,000% yes. And I never put people on blast, but it is, I've been in so many high-level masterminds where there is someone coming in and asking the coach and freaking out about something money related. And then you look at their social media and literally same day they're posting, making it sound like they're just crushing it. Everything's totally solid. Nothing to see here except to hire me so that you can figure out how to do it too. And it's, man, we're not doing ourselves any favors. Like we can just be honest. We can celebrate a money win and talk about a little freak out we're having. It's okay. Both can exist. I love that. And that's why I love like when you said you're going to have the transparent conversation. I'm like, okay, let's have it. Because if you're struggling, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even amidst the struggle, you are also so skilled. And I know that there are so many female founders, female entrepreneurs who are looking for someone like you to either help get their business off the ground or have a framework for scaling or fundraising and all of that. So can you share the best way that people can connect with you and like your favorite types of clients to work with? Yes. Most of my handles are at that savvy gal, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. If you're into just strictly the fundamentals and very business forward slash Raven O'Neill on LinkedIn, or check out my website, which I did work very hard on at www.savvygal.com. My ideal clients are just women that want to, they, they want to work. They want to make it. I'll bring as much as I can to the table. You bring as much as you can and we'll meet in the middle and we'll work it out. I don't in full transparency work well with someone who wants me to do it for them. I'm not there anymore. I can't run your business. It's authentic to you. It's who you are. So you bring your half, I bring my half, and we meet in the middle and get it done. I love that. Could not agree more. <laughs> if I haven't already done a sales pitch for your website, let me just do it now. <laughs> Go to SavvyGal.com. Just admire the beauty of this site. Did you build it yourself? I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I... That is like, I'm next level impressed. That it, it is so gorgeous. In fact, I'm in the process of redoing all of my branding and getting my website redone. It's like one of my best friends who has a, a business in that. And I sent her your website as soon as I found it. I'm like, look at this. It's so pretty. So we were <laughs> behind the scenes just admiring your work. So thank you so much for coming on the show. To everyone listening, go connect with Raven. We'll link up everything in the show notes. And thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Bye. you so much. Okay. I hope you loved that interview with Raven as much as I did. And make sure that you go follow her, tag her, share a post with what it meant to you. She's at that savvy girl. Here are my top takeaways. Number one, the entire business world is energetics, whether it is recognized and openly discussed or not. Number two, it is safe to display the full expression of yourself 
And in fact, when you do, it magnetizes your soulmate clients. Number three, just because you're around big money doesn't make you immune to your own money-ish. Number four, it's okay to be in the struggle and to say it out loud. The frequency of truth is potent and endears us to those who speak it. And number five, find your community so that you can nerd out on self-help tools like you heard Raven and I do, or you can just give and receive support in a moment when you're feeling wobbly. And I brag that my Wealthy and Woo community is a wonderful place to do that for just $7 a month. So if you're feeling drawn to a spiritual community and you're wanting to learn about building your dream bank account, come on in. We would love to have you. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. It is such a pleasure to host this show. I can't believe that we're a top 25% podcast. Please share it. Please subscribe. All the things. It really makes a difference. And I will talk to you soon. Listeners like you have made this a top 25% global podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share this show with someone you love. I always appreciate listener feedback, so feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram at mmakesmoney as well. And if you want to explore hiring me as your money healer and business mentor, check the links in the show notes to explore or head to explore.emilywilcox.com. Until next time, I'm sending you all the magic money vibes.